Welcome to Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin, and today I'll be discussing High and Low from 1963, starring Toshiro Mifune and directed by Akira Kurosawa. Some essential movie details about High and Low. After the film was released, kidnappings were on the rise in Japan. Akira Kurosawa himself had received threats for the kidnapping of his own daughter, Kazuko Kurosawa. She quoted him as once saying to her, With High and Low, I wanted to inspire tougher sentences on kidnappers. Instead, I was criticized for their increase. Another detail, Yutaka Sada, who portrayed Aoki, the chauffeur, did not have a driver's license when he was cast for the film. Although he obtained one before the shooting began, he had difficulty during shooting. And then finally, typically for his work with Kurosawa, film composer Masuru Sato was generally given about a week to compose a film's entire score. Sato would, al would also reuse some of the music from this film in soundtracks he created for the seventh Godzilla film. All right, so those are some behind the scenes details about High and Low from 1963. So let me tell you my thoughts on the film. So the plot, I gave it a 4 out of 5. You know, I like that the original plot kind of feels like a biblical one. Where it's a rich man trying to decide, is he willing to give up all of his fame, his fortune, and even stability for his family for saving the life of a servant's son? It's not even his own son. You know, I think that's a really interesting story there. But that one is resolved pretty quickly. So then you're like, oh. So then what is the plot of this film now? The rest of the film is trying to find the kidnapper and trying to bring justice and whatnot, which I like too. But the reason why I gave the film a four out of five is because of this reason. It starts out with one plot and then goes to a different one, which can work. But I really think what they what he should have done here was either one of two things. Either have the film solely be about Trishir Mifune's character and his struggle with this, you know, deciding to pay the ransom and cut out a lot of that police scenes or the other way where it's a police drama and then have some scenes with Toshiro Mifune and kind of make it like a, I don't know, like your, your classic crime film, right? I think either one of those would have been better. I think the two conflicting storylines are a little too different from each other. They work because it is basically the same story, right? But I think the angle wasn't figured out yet. I don't think they quite decided which way they wanted to go with it. But it's still really, really good. That, that's what I want to emphasize. It's a good film, but I do think if he focused on one of those two uh, depictions, I think it would have made an even better film. All right, so those are my thoughts on the plot. Now, when talking about the acting, I thought it was incredible. Give it a five out of five. Now, I don't speak Japanese at all. You know, it's subtitles, but you can tell these actors were really, really into it they're really intense and whatnot you know i i think toshiro mifune he's great in every film i've seen him in he's in a lot of kurosawa's films and he really has great range you know in this film he's like a stern cold-hearted businessman but then in other movies he's a joking funny samurai kind of a drunk like in seven samurai or in yojimbo he's kind of like the quiet cowboy so it's like he he's a really talented actor he could go back and forth between these type of characters. I really liked him. I also like Jinjiro Tak 
Takeuchi. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't speak Japanese. Um, he plays a great psychopath who just wants to watch the world burn. You know, in other films, there's like some motive behind it. In reality, he's just angry at the world and wants to take it out on, on this rich businessman that he keeps seeing his house every day, you know, which is kind of more realistic. If you think about it, a lot of people, that's why they turn to crime is more of dealing with what they're going through, the struggles they're going through, you know, doesn't justify any of the actions he did. He kidnapped a kid. He planned on murdering him. Um, he, he gave people a heroin and they OD'd on it, you know, like he was not a good character at all whatsoever, but he was really fascinating especially in his last scene where they're talking to each other, Toshiro Mifune and him, kind of going back and forth. It reminded me a little bit of, if you've seen The Dark Knight, the scene between the Joker and Batman, very similar to that. I, I'm wondering if Nolan took some elements from this film or other crime films too. I really like that. Uh, the other actors were great. I like the main inspector. I think he was a great, you know, tough character. He seemed to be the major hero of the film. I really, really, really liked him. Cause he wanted to bring justice, you know, to, to share Mifune's character. You know, he lost all of his money basically all because of this psychopath. Right. And he wanted to save the kid and all of that. So I liked him. He's a great hero. And then I also liked the actor who played the father of the son who was kidnapped. I thought he was a great actor too. He was really emotional. You could tell he was really saddened, you know, his son was kidnapped and he's like begging for mercy. And Again, that's kind of like the biblical element I was talking about where, you know, he kind of feels like he's begging mercy. He's like the mercy role, whereas Toshiro Mifune, he's more of the justice, right? So I thought that was a really interesting uh, balance there. And, and then the inspector, he's kind of like the mediator between the two. So I really, really liked the great, great cast, great actors. Yeah, I thought it was great. All right, Mgursa directing. I gave that a five out of five. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really solid and really strong and really different from his samurai films. Again, this proves he was really a good director because, you know, you could easily be typecast you know, like nowadays as a sci-fi director or a Western or a romance or whatever it is. Right. But he can transcend genres pretty, pretty well. I thought he did great here. Well, like I said, if he had a more focused plot, I think it would have been even better. But again, both were great. Like, both sides of it were really, really good. I, I think he really could have worked in any genre. He was that talented. All right, so now talking about cinematography and special effects, I thought it was amazing. Really, really good. One of the scenes I'm thinking of in particular is Jinjiro Takeuchi character, the kidnapper. The scene with him wearing sunglasses, I don't know how they did that because it's super reflective, but you don't see any camera. You don't see anything from a production on it. Really, really cool. And... Just the scenes of him walking amongst the, the heroin addicts was really, really cool. I mean, it's awful. You know, these people are dying and going crazy, but I thought it was really, really fascinating. You know, just the stark difference between him and then those characters, right? You could tell he was different because he was, you know, kind of slowly walking, kind of straight up and all that. Everybody else is kind of going crazy around him. I thought that was really cool. And I also love that it's in the middle of, the summer is kind of a trope you notice in a lot of these like detective films to kind of add on to the uncomfortableness. You know, everybody's adjusting their ties or there's a fan on or they're sweating, whatever it is that adds on to it. And I really, really liked that. So yeah, I thought it was incredible. Five out of five. Okay. Now talking about the music. So I was mentioning earlier the 
the guy who wrote the score only had a week to do it. And I'll be honest, it it's not a score that really stands out to you. It's not like uh, well, even a terrible score like the Third Man. You at least remember it. This one is pretty forgettable. Um, it sets the tone for the scene, so that's why it's not a terrible score, but it's not a very memorable one. It's not one that'll stick with you like the Star Wars one or any of those other ones. But it was still good for what they were trying to do. I, I still enjoyed it. So, yeah, three out of five. So tallying that all up, that brings my letterbox score to 4.4 out of five, which I'll be rounding to a four out of five. So would I recommend this movie? Yes, I would. I liked it. I thought it was excellently executed for the most part, just trimming down on the plot and kind of deciding the narrative or direction they wanted to go, I think would have made it an even better film. But other than that, it's really good, really well executed. It's the best Japanese film noir. It's the only one I've seen, but I, I actually really liked it. I've been noticing a lot of these foreign films, you know, a couple years ago I did Bitter Stems or Los Tallos Amargos. That was a great film noir too. So it just shows it could transcend language. It could transcend time. It's a great genre overall. All right. Well, those are my thoughts overall on High and Low from 1963. Thank you so much for watching and listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Really Old Movies, where I discuss details about the week's particular film. New podcast episodes are released Saturdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and video versions Mondays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube and Rumble. All right, thank you so much. This has been Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin. Take care. <laughs>